What's up, everybody? Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. This is The Town, Ben Affleck's second directed film. Me and my best friend, Andrew Geyer, sit at the table ready to break it down for you on another episode of Action Movie Anatomy. Stick with us. Here are our opinions, our fist pump moments, our thesis statements. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, your online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, joined once again by my excellently dressed co-host, Mr. Andrew Guy. Am I hearing a bit of an accent going into there? <laughs> I didn't say a curse word during that intro. You did. I was very impressed. Because Anytime normally... you get Boston, it's just, fuck this. Yeah. This will be an explicit episode for anybody watching. There is no chance I'm going to stay away from saying fuck. It just sounds so fucking good when you're talking Boston to say fuck. Um, fuck the town. Four. Yeah. This is the town. It's already five of them, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is the town from, from 2010. This is Ben Affleck's second film he directed, and this is Action Movie Anatomy. If this is the first time you're catching this show... We are action movie enthusiasts, we are action movie experts and critics, and we are da- getting dangerously close to episode 50 of this show. The Rock. Yeah, we've, this, we've, we'll be approaching like 70 hours of action movie anatomy episodes pretty Holy soon. Holy crap, really? Yeah, I mean, it's like an hour, 15, hour, 20 yeah. most of the time. We've done like f- almost 50 of them. I spent way too much time with you, man. <laughs> yeah, we talk about action <laughs> movies. So, uh, this is on the Popcorn Talk Network, of course, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie related, and we love action movies. We do, we do movies on the show that have basically four basic rules in them. So, mm-hmm. aside from being made after 1981, rule number one, here always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, what have you in the room. Doing good so far. Yep. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I guess bank robbers are kind of mercenaries, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of, but that, that's the one where we get kind of loose. He does work for the state, maybe? Yeah. Breaking rock? I don't think that's real. Well, you, as we've said, political, you can either be the man or work, work for the man. For the so man. if you work for the state, there you go. There you go. That works. And lastly, <laughs> there's at least one explosion. This movie definitely is explosive. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's sweet. This is kind of when we... The inception of the show, we didn't really think we were going to do a lot of action dramas. Yeah. And as we've sort of gone down the line, we've realized that uh, if a movie... This movie feels like a movie that we love. It just doesn't feel like Face Off, or it doesn't feel like Predator. It's a little different. Yeah, it's very different. It's kind of like the new age of action movies now. Yeah. And and it'll tie into my thesis statement of why I think that this movie does fit on our show. Right. Because initially, like you said, this yeah. movie would not have been on our show. Movies like Heat wouldn't be on our show. Yeah. Gladiator wouldn't, wasn't even going to be on our show. Yep. Um, but going back and revisiting them and... and kind of broadening our horizons, if Absolutely. you will. I think uh, I think this movie's perfect. So uh, let's let's cue the trailer. I think this is a pretty sweet trailer. I remember watching this and really enjoying it. Yes, absolutely. It's a good trailer. This is like new age of trailers where like everything just works. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, this is sweet. Miss Kesey, I would like to start with your abduction. I think Ham is sweet. He's perfect for this role. You're going to love my Ham recast. Yeah. I got the closest thing, like, tonally and vibe-wise I possibly could. Were you able to see anything at all through the blindfold? No. She's also... This movie is just so good. It's just really well put together. Yeah. He he hit, like, home run after home run. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy that he was able to do what he did yeah i mean this is the first movie after his six-year break from being a leading man yeah it's the first time you're back to like a ben affleck movie directed by him you know yeah those masks are so sweet yeah remember you know we will all say that actually for people are watching the trailer one square mile neighborhood called charlestown 
Did your parents still live here? My mother moved away, my father. You don't get out much. I love Chris Cooper so much. Yeah, he's like one of, he, he's probably one of my 15 favorite actors of all time. Second movie we've watched in a week where Affleck clearly got shredded for like one shot. Yeah. <laughs> See you on the other side. I thought it was I thought it was really interesting how Jackie got in this movie. He's super lean. He is, yeah. I mean, his body, but also you can see it in his face. Mm -hmm. He's just like super, super, super like lean and mean leading man. You grew up right here. Same rules that I did. Which the age in Batman, his face doesn't look as lean, but he's, he's shredded. Yeah. If I think anything might happen to her, I'm gonna kill both of you. Yeah, it's a pretty distinct difference. I mean, they were filming this in 09. Yeah. You know, and this movie came out. It's only five years, though. Six uh, years. Yeah, I mean, because they were filming Batman last year, so same, same thing. Yeah, I mean, five, six years between, like, early early 30s yeah, to, like, almost 40, 40. Yeah, it's, like, a pretty big difference. Absolutely. No matter how much HGH you're allowed to take. I mean, nothing on you, Apple, just, but you look great. We assume famous people just take HGH. This is the not fucking around crew. Yeah, it's a good line. with somebody else. I can't I can't take Blake Lively seriously in this movie. Really? I think she does a great job, but I think it's I think it's one of those things where she just I think she's amazing. It's like too drastic for me. Yeah. Too drastic of a change. This side of the other. Um because when she walked in for our audition, Affleck asked her where she grew up in Boston afterwards and she grew up in Los Angeles. Because her accent was so on point. Yeah. She spent a lot of time in like the slums of Charleston. She like She's great. Like, I don't get me wrong. I think she killed. It. She yeah, does, she does a very good job of what she's given. My point is more just like when I when I was watching it again, I was just sort of like, I can't put in my mind. I don't see Blake Lively as like the actress who's done a bunch of roles like you know roles like this or roles with this these kind of levels where like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, she's disappearing into the role. It's like that's the girl from Gossip Girl who's married to Ryan Reynolds and she was the she was the female lead in Green Lantern and like right. and here I'm supposed to buy her as like a super like sleazy dingy. See, that's so funny because I didn't watch any Gossip Girl at all. Uh, I'd seen Gr Green Lantern, but I think that she is that trashy Boston girl. Like, okay. she just kills it. That's, and that's that's where you're rewarded for not having the context. Exactly. So we're on the opposite side yeah. of the same coin. Again. Um, I think she did a great job. So, yeah, that's I think that's an awesome trailer. I was totally... I remember watching it in theaters. Oh, I was so excited to yeah. see this movie. Yeah, I, I don't even remember why exactly. Like, I... I think, like, at the time, they had, like, a lot of converging factors. The cast was really sweet. Renner was, like, on his way up. Like, you were really excited. I was really excited to see him more than anyone else. And Hurt, I loved Gone Baby Gone. I think Hurt Locker had won two years prior. Yeah, maybe, 2008. Maybe, yeah. It was, yeah, it was two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was really excited to see Renner in a new role because I was a huge fan of him. Uh, yeah. I love Gone Baby Gone, so I wanted to see Ben Affleck direct another movie. And also, I was kind of going into it, like... Can Affleck do it? Like I was. That's the only part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I knew he could direct. Yep. Because I love that movie, but I didn't know if he could pull off the leading man. But he totally just becomes this role. Yeah. So when we when we dive into star profiles, he's he's a fascinating one to talk about. We'll yeah. probably spend a little more time on that than we usually do, just because Affleck is in. He's such a unique career right now. Yeah. His, uh, yeah. His yeah. career path is a, is crazy. It's crazy. It's like one of those ones where like you you look back on the all time icons and they have to reinvent themselves mm -hmm. because nobody can live in in one decade sort of level of success. The musicians, Absolutely. the actors, and he's totally done it. So uh, that was the trailer for the town. Of course, before we get into the rest of the show, I should remind everybody that we are on Twitter as well as Popcorn Talk is on Twitter. Popcorn Talk is at the Popcorn Talk. Follow us, and of course, uh, follow the 
Action Movie Podcast Twitter at AMA Podcast. And if you want to let Andrew or I know a thought on the movie we're doing, or thoughts on this, or or anything, what you ate for breakfast, anything at all, I'm very curious to know what you ate for breakfast. You want to tell Andrew that you think his yellow shirt is lovely? Uh, you can tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, you can find me uh, at Andrew and Guy, <laughs> and you can find me at Ben Bateman Media, uh, and of course iTunes and all that. Rate review helps the show stay high in the standing, so we can keep doing the show, providing free content because we love to do it. And lastly, the last thing I want to remember. Kevin Undergar, the executive producer of Popcorn Doc. Steven, you're the executive producer. Is Kevin Undergar the owner, founder, and producer? There's lots of producers. Yeah, there's multiple producers. I'm the executive producer in charge of creative. Kevin's in charge of everything, and Phil runs. He's the COO of all three networks. So one of the producers, and uh, <laughs> who is in charge of everything, as Steven said. Yeah, who, you know, it just got engaged to Maria Menounos. Kevin's kind of a big deal. Just launched uh, a weekly show. He's doing twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, with Roxy Stryer called The Tomorrow Show. It streams live on thetomorrowshow.com on Mondays and Thursdays from 7 to 9. Check that. It's awesome. It's one man's midlife crisis and pretty girls in Star Trek costumes. Yeah, so, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Very entertaining show. Yeah. I recommend you guys check it out. Let's talk about the town. Let's do it. So, bold and the- bold thesis statement, Ben. What is that exactly? What is that that we... So, a thesis statement, I mean, in life, a thesis statement is obviously a strong point of view. It's what papers are written on. So, when we think about movies, we try to not just think of it as like, okay, we're big fans and we think it's awesome for this reason. It's like, the reason this movie is this is X. Or, mm-hmm. this is the greatest this. This is the first time this ever happened. Uh, you try to stay away from things like, I've seen in a long time. It's like, that I've ever seen. Right. Or, and so we introduce a thought here at the beginning of the movie that we try to stay consistent with and defend for the rest of the episode. Um, this is the intellectual part of movie nerds. <laughs> if uh, you will. <laughs> if you will. Uh, instead of us just being like, that's fucking sweet! Which, that's fucking sweet. Which comes right after this. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> so uh, do you want to start with your thesis? Yeah, sure. So I, I kind of touched on this in the beginning. My thesis statement is that if this movie stuck to its original cut or even the second cut, it would never be on our show. The original cut was four plus hours. No one wanted anything to do with that, although I'm sure that there's awesome content. The second cut was two hours and 50 minutes, which I like movies that are that long. That's my type of movie, but it would have been like a strict drama. And Warner Brothers didn't want this movie to be over two hours and 10 minutes. So this movie being at a runtime of two hours and eight minutes, I believe, makes it perfect for our show. It's got just enough action when you're watching it. You never feel like you're quite watching a drama. You feel like you're watching an action drama. The action in this movie is fucking excellent. Amazing. It's really good. Like, it's... uh, Okay, so I'll jump on your thought. And what I'll say is that, for me, the crime genre in general has become derivative. And everybody knows this. There's a there's a general like fatigue, I think, from the audience when they see a new crime movie come out. Yeah. That it's just sort of... Like, Triple Nine just came out. I think a lot of people were just like, I don't really care. I want nothing to do with this. Well, I think it's because a lot of people are like, well, how are you going to blow me away? Right, exactly. What exactly. are you going to bring that's new? So if you, the closest comparison you could make of this movie would be Heat because it's just in it's terms of similar. length. It has just like a sort of very, very similar tropes going on. Um, Heat at the time was a little bit newer. There had been The Godfather. There had been movies like that in the 80s and 90s. But Heat was sort of like, okay, it's Michael Mann, and it did blow people away. Mm-hmm. It's considered a modern classic. This movie, when this movie came out, and the reason that I think this has sort of become a cable all-star, but isn't considered by most to be an actual classic. Like, this movie doesn't get talked about like it's a classic. It just gets talked about like it's, yeah, the town was real good, and and I'd watch it if it was on cable. Do you think one day it will be recognized as a classic or not? I think the quality of this movie is at that level. There's only one detail of this movie to me that fails, and it's a similar detail to why I think Heat is like a flawed classic. I Hmm. would give this the same thing. We'll talk about that a little later. Oh, I'm so curious. But aside from that... 
to me, this is this movie is a classic. This is a modern crime classic mm-hmm. that will forever be remembered as a cable film. I cannot think of a better bank robbery movie that I've seen that's come out in the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love the bank robbery scene in Dark Knight, but yep. it's not a bank robbery film per Mm-mm. se. It's not a crime drama. It's an action. I mean, it's a superhero crime thriller. Yeah, I guess right. So I mean, they're similar, and they're obviously that drew that bank heat. Sweet. That that bank robbery. Yeah, his so biggest sweet. his biggest inspiration for that bank robbery is Heat. Yeah, as he said, uh, and I know that this movie was inspired by that as well. The yeah. shootout, I mean, Mystic River. He, yeah. They pulled from Mystic River, and then uh, a handful of other like great yeah. crime thrillers. So yeah, I guess my my thesis statement is basically that the the derivative nature of this film makes it not a classic, where otherwise it would be remembered as a classic. And I don't know that it will ever break the stigma because of when it came out, and I don't know that you can introduce honestly. Modern crime films, the, the most successful ones that are considered classics, they're just different. They're not, yeah. they can't just be like simple tough guy action pieces. No. So many of the scenes in this movie, you can, di- you can be dismissive as a movie critic if you want by saying, that's super derivative and cliche. I've seen this before. I know what this is. It's like the subject matter. It's a bunch of like, sort of like, um, there's a line at the beginning of the movie where there's the, the quote, and the guy says, Charlestown literally ruined my life but i'm still proud to be from charlestown right and it's this sort of like it's like the boston strong like i mean i don't even want to speak on that because that's totally unrelated i think yeah absolutely but, but it's just this sort of like tough guy blue collar or proud of where i'm from doesn't matter if being a criminal is what it is it's still where i'm from it's my family that's kind of the sensibility of it mm-hmm. and that's you can be dismissive if you want you can look down on that because it's not it's a it's a self-deprecating point of view, right? You're willing to be a criminal or you're willing to steal or whatever yeah. to sort of like remain your family values of where you're from. Where you grew up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I think when you look at this movie, it's easy to be dismissive of it because it's sort of, in a lot of ways, it's glorifying that type of thing, right? Yeah, it's just so crazy because this movie is so well made, directed, written, shot, acted. Like, it's so good that... I love this movie. Yeah. I absolutely hands down love this movie. You'll see that when we get to our rankings. But, like, I mean, it's got an Academy Award winning performance, I mean, nominated performance in it, two of them, I mean, BAFTA and Golden Globes and all that. It just, it's one of those movies where it feels like, I feel like people don't give it the credit that it's due, and I'm not quite sure why. I think some of it's that, but the other part of it, I think, is people just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it's, uh, that was, that was like the, the thing that stood out to me when watching it is like, this is, because I remember going into it, it was hyped. This movie was yeah. heavily hyped. Because as we said, you had Affleck, you had John Hamm, who was like in his in his madman prime. Peak. Yeah, twenty ten, like he had been like a couple seasons on that show and was just slaying it. Like, yeah, he was like the guy. And he didn't he just do another? Didn't he do? Was it American Gangster or Public Enemies? Was it Public Enemies? Ham is he in Public Enemies? Is he? Or am I just crazy? I think we're mixing that up because I, I want to say it's Christian Bale who's in that. Yeah, he's, he is in he, that. He's so the is, cop. So is, uh, okay. Yeah. There's another movie where I feel like he plays a role very similar to this and he kills it. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, this was a big one, I remember. Yeah. Um, I know he was in The Day the Earth Stood Still right around that same time. <laughs> one of my favorite yeah. movies. <laughs> Keanu! <laughs> so, uh, so that is thesis statement. Now we're going to talk about the most awesome stuff, and that is Fist Pump Moment. Fist Pump um, Moment is a scene in a film where you're watching it and something happens and you're just like, you're just like, God, this is so sweet. Are you seeing this right now? Is anybody else watching this movie right now? And if they're not, you call your buddy and you're like, put on the town right now and watch this scene. I think... I think you told me earlier what yours yeah. is, and it's hard for this not to be the fist pump. It's so fucking, it's so fucking badass. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a, again, this movie's good for us because it's like such like a dude movie. It is. It's a dude movie, but it's got such good character development yeah. and relationship development that it it hits all. Anyway, let's cue this. I yeah. want to see this. So this is my fist pump moment. We're gonna have to talk over a little because it's long. It's like four minutes. Okay, that's but fine. you know, anybody who's watching, you can just sort of yeah, go the long way. See what's going on. It doesn't 
matter. Yeah. Sometimes I like to have a good cry at the nail salon. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the relationship between the two of them. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's great. Good. And I like John Hamm and Blake Lively together in their scenes and and really Affleck and Reddit. your help. This line. I can't yeah. tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later and we're going to hurt some people. <laughs> Who's car we going to take? Who's car we going to take? So it's like funny because like that's in the movie that's supposed to like represent brotherhood. But exactly. It's like, in real life, like when would you ever yeah, say that to go? anyone? And like I could never say that to you. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> like you just. But you know, I guess like if you're criminals, like. Oh, what is this? What? What's this? Yeah, what is like this? an Xbox. Dope, they go in, they get dope, and then they they go rough guys up right after. Because this, this is where they find out who the guys are. Remember? Is this in the the regular cut of the movie? I think so. I just I was finishing watching it earlier today. Huh? No? I don't think so. Oh, maybe this is the extended cut, and I just like misremembered. Maybe uh, audience, let us know. Am I just crazy, or is this this is extended? I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think it is because it shouldn't be that long. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's it's one of those. It's just like this is what I mean when I say it's like the, the simple pleasures of movies. Like yeah, this. this is like a sweet badass bro moment. Yeah, it's like we're gonna go beat some dudes up. And we're really tough, and yeah. like Renner is just a he's just a tough. And guy. You can't ask me any questions. Well, okay, well I'm gonna or you can't ask me about it. Well I'm gonna ask you one question: Whose car are we gonna take? Yeah, like exactly. the most irrelevant question you would never think to ask. Yeah, and you're like fuck yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. That's and that's the kind of scene I'm talking about where I'm like, if you wanted to be dismissive of movies like this, right. You're able to. You can you can write this off by just being like, it's scenes like that, that moment that yeah. make this perfect for our show. Yeah, exactly. That's why because it's awesome and it's it's unavoidably awesome if you're a dude that likes to watch crime movies. I mean, every single one of the awesome crime movies that this is de- derivative from, mm-hmm. I love all of them. Yeah. I mean, I love Reservoir Dogs. I'm a huge fan of The Godfather. Goodfellas is like one of my favorite movies ever made. It's yeah. amazing. Like. It, the, the problem is, that's what you run into. So, if this movie is derivative, then so is American Gangster. And I, I didn't like American Gangster. I didn't either. I'm not a fan of that movie. That's so, also based off a true story. Right. Like, a loosely based. So, American Gangster is the same kind of thing where it's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of stuff we've seen in movies before. A mm-hmm. bunch of, like, cool, tough guy moments. There's the scene where Denzel walks up and shoots Idris Elba on the street. Right. Right? Like... That that scene is this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? exactly. It's the same thing. It's the thing where you, he doesn't give a shit if anyone yeah. knows who he is. Yeah, because he's a badass. Exactly. And, and you're supposed to love it. Um, you know, the interesting part about this scene, the thing that makes this scene relevant, is Renner getting a little too crazy. Yeah. Um, which is his whole character. It's like, if you've ever, I mean, I think most of us have had friends like that, who's like, the kind of, he's like the, the tough guy. <laughs> the, the, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the tough guy that sort of like uh, gets gets real emotional. He's a hothead. Yeah. Yeah. But just like doesn't really give, just just doesn't give a fuck about the consequences. Just doesn't all. give a fuck about what's yeah. gonna happen. I got like when I do mine, I sound a bit like JFK. <laughs> yeah. You should do his. Uh, that's not what the. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, this is extended. I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no one's saying anything. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I was. What'd you do? That's my brother right there. Yeah. So anyway, um, that is your fist pump. moment. Yeah. So this what is, is what is your fist pump moment? I have a bunch of them. Like the stuff, the stuff in this movie that I love so much. The stuff that I think is so awesome is like I, I love the scenes. The like the brotherhood relation between Renner and Affleck is like for, to me what makes this movie. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of scenes that I think are great. Um, 
I do really, really love the scene where Affleck's yelling at him, and he's like, it's never gonna be you and your sister and Shia and me playing fucking house. Get that through yeah. your fucking head. Yeah. And then Renner just hits him, and yeah. they start wrestling. I love that he hits him with a gun at the end. He yeah. just has a gun. Like, that's just a thing that happens yeah. when, they, when they mess around. The gun gets brought out. I just like it, because he's, like, Affleck's, like, just trying to get in his face, and, like, Renner's just like, I don't care. Yeah, I'll just hit you. Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna hit him because he—that's the same spot where he killed some guy to save his life. Yeah, so that—that's one of them. Did nine years for it. <laughs> I also love the scene. The, the robberies are great, but I think maybe my single fist pump moment is actually. Well, also actually, when when he's when he's uh, when John Ham's walking after Renner at the end, uh, and he turns around and just starts shooting. Yeah, yeah. God, I wanted him to die so bad. John Ham, I wanted John Ham to get at least clipped. Yeah, and it, it's not necessary for him to die, but clipped or something. You know what it is? My fist pump moment is is at the end of the movie after it's all gone down, and Affleck walks in and he's like, "Hey, come here, something went wrong," oh, and, and he, he just pops him. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's probably the one because I remember watching the movie and be like. Something bad happened. Come here. Yeah. yeah. And then, the, the, so in the original ending, um, him and Fernie have that gun battle through the door. Yeah. Affleck dies. Really? He gets shot and he's like mortally wounded. He goes and he dies in Rebecca Hall's arms in her apartment. What do you think is more fitting? Test audience didn't like that. Well, I hate the ending of this movie. That's, really? That's, I think the ending is the worst part of this movie. The um, whole like going away, leaving yeah, money, restoring the, yeah. the ice hockey ring. All of it. I think that's awful. I that's think, Boston. Yeah, I think that that's the reason this movie, to me, I remember walking out of the theater and feeling in some ways like it had failed me. I liked everything up until that, and I was like, I was like, how does he get away? Like, I don't understand how he gets away. Like, this is yeah. why should he be able to get away? So, do you he think he killed a bunch of people? And he like he's a hero with a he's like a villain. Well, he didn't kill anybody, did he? Well, he shoots he shoots the one dude. Well, yeah, the, the, he kills the two gangsters. The two. Yeah. Uh, no, no, doesn't isn't it earlier in the movie when when they've got his buddy? He's the guy who shoots him. I don't it? think so. I was listening earlier today. Like, Is when it? I was. I think so. Huh. I think so. I mean, even it's not even just about killing people. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that he did all of this and is the ringleader of their group. Yeah, the whole thing. I just was like, he's... So I think if he had died... I don't think I would have been happy if he had died in her arms, because to me that would have been like... Well, corny. Yeah, but I think he should have died. I don't uh. think he should have gotten away. I love Renner's death. Or ended up in prison, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another. That's like my second fist pump moment. Is like he said he leans over. Yeah. Takes a sip of the coke. Yeah. And he pops up and he gets shot in the cheek. Yeah. And like in the head, and it's like the the makeup, yeah. the effects is so real. It's gnarly. Yeah, it's really it is, and it, that's the great scene too. Um, that's one of the intelligent parts of the writing in this movie that I like so Colin, much. Colin, come out. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Because I like old cowboy movies are so and, and war movies are so famous for are you okay? I'm so thirsty. I'm so give me some water. I'm so thirsty. That whole thing, and I love that he's there and he's leaning again and he sees like someone else's coke. Yeah. It's just like dirty on the ground, and he's like he doesn't say it, but he's like he's he just got shot, so he is thirsty. Yeah. So he reaches over to drink it. That's I think that's a great great moment. If that's like one of those derivative where it plays on the history, but it plays on it correctly in a way that yeah, he really is the greatest part of this movie. He is, yeah, he definitely is, and and he hit it at the right time. Um, apparently, just a hell of a nice guy. I've actually never interviewed him, but uh, yeah, he was, our buddy Matt's worked with him a few times. He says, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and also some friends of mine, uh, directors that I've known for a long time. They did a movie called Monkey Love or Monkey Bone. Is it Monkey Love? Not Monkey Bone. Wait, Monkey Bone? The Brendan Fraser Not, movie? So it's Monkey Love. It's got to be what it is. Okay. Um, if I had it, I'd just look it up. But they were years ago, and he's one of the stars of the movie. But I'm talking like I'm talking like t- mid-2000s, like okay. early 2000s, before he was a star. Like, it's an indie, and he's and he's in it, and like, 
uh, they've known him forever, and they said he's just like he's just a nice guy. He like worked on like store, restoring houses, like hmm. flipping homes prior to like breaking out. He's a bit older when he got his break. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hurt Locker, he's what is he like mid thirties, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he'd been trying to do it for a long time. And I'd seen him in stuff before, like <clears throat> in the two thousands, and and I feel like even the late nineties, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm just making that up, but I'd seen him pop up a few times. And then when I saw him in Hurt Locker, I was like, I know that guy. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, well, he has he has a, like a small breakthrough, and we will get into that right now. Actually, with uh, let's do some some star profiles. Yeah, let's start with Renner because yeah, exactly. Let's start with Renner. Um, the assassination of Jesse James with a coward, Robert Ford, in two thousand seven. So that's like a lot of when he was breaking out. That was when they would be like writing an article and they'd give the one credit of why you know who this guy is. Right. In the same way that Hardy would get reference for Bronson um, before he was Tom Hardy. This was his. this was his. Yeah, and 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 this actually that role is the reason he got this film. Yeah. Ben was having a really hard time figuring out who was going to play Coughlin, who's going to play him. Casey, his brother, yeah. was in that yeah. movie. Casey's great. He's, in that movie. he's Robert Ford. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Um. He's like, what about Jeremy Renner? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll try him out. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. He doesn't even have that big of a part in Assassination, I'm pretty sure, no. if I recall. It's, like, pretty small. I've only seen that movie, like, once, because yeah. it's so long. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Brad Pitt's in it, but also, like, not very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird movie. Um, but, yeah, then, obviously, Hurt Locker is massive and wins Best Picture. Love that movie. And he's awesome. It's really funny watching Hurt Locker and then watching American Sniper, just, like, the, the general similarities. Yeah. It's, like, kind of... The, they're different stories, obviously, but like they feel so similar in a lot of ways. Definitely, and I think, I think the reason that they feel so similar but so different is because of the two directors. Like, yeah, Sniper feels so much like Eastwood. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. It's, it even has that color. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And the other one, B- Bigelow, that was kind of. I mean, she'd done a lot of stuff beforehand, yeah. but that was like the first movie where you were kind of like. This is her style, but it's yeah. it's definitely it's not the same as Clint Eastwood. His is like slower and more drawn out, and she had shifted into a, a massive interest in war journalism, wartime journalism, and and her co-writer that she worked on a lot of the stuff with was somebody who was on the ground. So that's why she does this, and then she also did Zero Dark Thirty, right? And they both are just like super, just like quiet, just real, just raw. It's just like really intense. See, those are the type of movies that I love that I know we can never do on our show. Yeah. But I love both those movies. Me too. Yeah, it's yeah. just the, the tonality of it. The whole thing is the pacing. Everything's perfect. Zero Dark is, is I, one, of, one of my favorites I've seen in a long time. Really? Time. Love Zero Dark 30. Huh. That's I think so her, not your, your type of movie. I like those darker, slower ones. I just don't watch them on repeat. That's right, the difference. That's, that's yeah. the difference. That's that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh, Ingenious, I didn't see. And The Unusuals, I didn't watch. Did you? Uh, no, I didn't. But that was like what he was working on. That was his TV show that he was on while he was getting huge. Got it, you know, got like it. that was the one that it's like during Hurt Locker and and before Hawkeye and before this, it was like that was the one thing that he was yeah. working on. Cool. Um, didn't watch it. I'm sure he's great in it. Yeah. So moving over to Affleck, then this is just this, yeah, this is the one. So Affleck is a seminal part of our childhood growing up because even even we're a little young to remember his initial breakout, mm-hmm. his actual early one when he's in Days and Confused and he shows up, at, you know, in Mallrats, like those like really mid '90s movies. We were only actually seeing him in theaters around the time Goodwill and After. Yeah. So like he was just like doing it. He was he was born in California, but then I think grew up in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, and then came back here and was a buddy of Matt Damon's, and they worked on the script for Goodwill Hunting. The story is pretty well known. Kevin Smith was a producer on the film. Miramax picked it up, and it ended up being a massive, massive success. They won the Oscar for writing it. Um, Williams won the Oscar. Yeah, I mean it's an amazing. It's movie. one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, in my in my book, and I, I absolutely love it. And that's. That was the thing is back then that was the ongoing joke yeah. because after this movie happened both the guys go on a run. Yeah. You know, Renner, I mean Renner, excuse me, Affleck and Damon both go on a run. Yeah. But Affleck's run is looked at as a joke 
Whereas Damon's run is looked at as like building his career. Yeah. And so that was when everyone was saying, "Oh, Ben Affleck's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about." Yeah. You know, he just he just sat there on the couch and smoked cigarettes while Damon yeah. wrote the film because he's a genius. Because he's, he's yeah. because he's he's Will Hunting. He's a mad genius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course he wrote the of course he wrote the script. Yeah. But then you see, which I love, and we're going to get into this with his resurgence and his changing of his yeah. of who he is. His star profile literally is drastically changed, and now he's top five leading men in, in Hollywood. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? So if you if you look at both of them, they're both coming up. And so Damon's like in uh, Courage Under Fire. Uh, it's Courage Under Fire, right? He's the one where he loses all the weight. Is it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It's, it's like, in the line of fire or Courage Under Fire? I'm pretty sure it's Courage Under Fire. He gets super, super skinny. Okay. Um, so he, he's got his roles in the 90s. You know, I, I, one of them is in Mystic Pizza. Like, I know that uh, Damon has an uncredited role, a non-speaking role in Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're, they're both in a bunch of movies in the 90s, but not, like, breakout movies. And then this happens, and all of a sudden, the, right, so so Damon, people are like, okay, he's going to be the legit one. So he gets yeah. talented Mr. Ripley, right? And he does the first Bourne movie a few years later. And, like, he's in the movies that people are like, oh, this like guy Like, early 2000s, you're like, okay, he's he's... He's the guy. He's the next it. Yeah, and he was. I mean, he was in a bunch of movies. I think, yeah. I think Grounders is just before or just after Goodwill Hunting. Um, and then Affleck, he kind of went on a similar run, but it was much more commercial. Forces of Nature, Bounce, Pearl Harbor. like Armageddon, Geely. Yeah, he rounds into the early 2000s, and when Damon is doing his Bourne sequels, and, and Damon is in all these gigantic movies that are like total just just hits. Yeah. Um, Affleck goes on this run where he does Geely, Jersey Girl, Daredevil, and Paycheck. Ugh. Subsequently, in a two-year period, and you're just, it's just like mar- he's married. Did he marry Jennifer Lopez, or they just date? I think they dated. I, I don't like, know. It's long enough ago that I can't even really remember. Yeah, they but were they were they were like real serious. Yeah, like Benifer, like that because yeah. they were in the two movies together. It's horrible. Uh, and so I just I just remember like that happened, and it was very clear by the mid two thousands. Who was the bigger guy? Yeah. What's hilarious now is that I think Damon's still super famous. He's massive. But in a lot of ways, he's not as like hot of a property as he once was. Like, we don't care. Oh, we're forgetting the oceans. The oceans. Yeah, the oceans. Ones. But no one looks to Damon. No one, I mean, not right now. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? No one looks to him to direct and write. Yeah. Like, on this level. I mean, Affleck directed a movie that won Best Picture. Like, he's, he just played Batman, and he's going to get to do another yeah. Batman movie that I believe he'll be directing. I've, I've read which that would he, be sweet. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he we'll, was a good Batman. We'll reserve all judgment on that film otherwise. But yeah, he was other a good Batman. Um, so, so, but as far as where he was in 2010, it started in 2006 when he played George Reeves in Hollywoodland. Mm-hmm. And I remember I never watched Hollywoodland. I think I watched the clips on YouTube, but I just remember there was it was very like nuanced for people. People were very interested in talking about oh Ben Affleck. He turned in a really kind of a kind of a, a quiet performance here, but it was very impressive and. Right. I, people started talking about it like it mattered. Gone Baby Gone, I want to say, is 2007. Uh, 2007. I think right. so. 07 or 08. Yeah. But it was like he he was staying. I remember he did Surviving Christmas. Do you remember that? Oh, God. That's like the end of his run of bad of stuff. bad things, yeah. Before he was like, I got to just stay out of the tabloids. <laughs> I got to chill out for a little bit, man. Yeah, just take my money and just figure some stuff out. And I guess he started putting the pieces in place and thinking about directing and that's so. So his movies here, State of Play, two thousand nine, which I remember. It's Russell Crowe. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, you like that movie. And he plays he plays like a corrupt senator or governor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good in it. Extract, which is the Jason Bateman one. Comedy. I think. It's whatever. Yeah, it's super. I don't even really remember him in that movie. I think he's like his friend, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then the Company Men. I remember seeing trailers for, but I never watched it. Same. Um, Again, but, it was like you didn't care enough about Affleck. But he was making an effort to do like smarter projects that like, mm-hmm. weren't just about his brand name. Um, did he also do Timeline, or was that somebody else? 
He did paycheck and someone else did timeline. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do timeline. Okay, okay. Paycheck is <laughs> paycheck's real good though. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so then he comes back out with Gone Baby Gone. And people are like, oh wow, this movie was totally above average. Yeah. People like that movie it's a lot. Exceptional. Yeah, people think that movie's great. They're like, Ben Affleck directed this, huh? And he didn't even put himself in it. Interesting. Yeah. This was a good movie. And then the town was like, that's probably why. Yeah, I remember when Gone Baby Gone came out and he put his brother in it. Yeah. And I was like, are you giving up? Yeah. Are you just going to let your brother do it and you're going to direct? Because that's cool. You're a great director. The articles at the time were like, Ben Affleck has decided to change his, you know. Yeah. And oh, hats off to him for directing a good movie, but maybe he's, you know, reinvented himself. And well, now it's like, he can do anything. He can right? do anything. I mean, he'll be later this year, right? Is that The Accountant comes out later this year? Yeah. Gavin, our buddy Gavin O'Connor is directing Which it. Which is supposed to be in, It's supposed to be Oscar bait. He's yeah. supposed to be up for best actor. Yeah. It sounds amazing. And I love it. I mean, because I was talking to one of our, uh, one of the guys that runs the scheduling here, Jeff. Yeah. And he was saying that he likes Ben Affleck, but he doesn't, like, he loved Argo, but he doesn't think he's a good actor. Yeah. He thinks he's, he's just, he's fine. Like, yeah. he, he thought Argo would have been better if someone else was in that role. And I don't disagree with him. Yeah. Um, but I need to watch Argo again. Yeah. But one thing that I know that Ben Affleck does really well is he fills a part perfectly. Yeah. He doesn't go above and beyond. You're not blown away by his, his performance in the town, but there's never a moment where you're like, ah, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. You're like, dude, this guy's killing it. You are this. So this is interesting because when we get to recast, we're going to discuss this. But basically, Affleck is super unique in the sense that he came up as kind of a pretty boy willing to poke fun at himself, mm-hmm. played an iconic Boston role, and then went on his run. So watching him in the town... I'm kind of like, I don't know how many other like square-jawed, leading men, pretty boys I could see playing this role so convincingly mm-hmm. because him being a little too pretty and a little too smart for their whole crew right. is kind of part of the character. Absolutely. But like you can't, you can't just put a normal like you couldn't just like put Liam Hemsworth in that role. Like you can't do something like that. No. Like, I almost don't even know if Damon could play a Boston tough guy anymore. Right, I was even though he grew up there, thinking about like the recast going back into the '90s, and could I use Damon for this part? And I didn't think it was fitting. No, no, it's like, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's really interesting. That that's like a very unique thing about Ben Affleck. So let's talk a little bit th- about the making of this movie and, and how it got made. Uh, Wait, I want to play a quick game. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we've been talking about Affleck and his change and his roles and his blah 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 blah. What are Ben Affleck's top five movies that he either acted in or directed? Okay. Uh, yeah, let me let me let me let me pull pull out my. Uh, what do you got there? My list of uh, <laughs> prepared. Prepared. This is all a ruse. We actually <laughs> had this planned. <laughs> well, I don't have my five decided yet. Okay. Uh, I wanted. I really wanted to. I'm kind of like a. I'm a, a, a jealous of lists person. So I right. want to see where you go. Okay. Then, yeah. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'll go first. Are we counting down? Number five. Yes. Okay. Number five for me, and it's not because of Ben Affleck, uh, but it's because the movie's awesome and he's great in it. Is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay, you put that on your list. I love that movie I'm a so much. Big fan of JSBSB. I was a fan of it. Um, all right, I, I'm going to go with Chasing Amy as my number five. That's, that was my next one. Also, was number five. Yeah. Also, Kevin Smith. Uh, the film Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is his fifth movie, uh-huh. and Chasing Amy is his third movie. Okay. Um, and Chasing Amy is the only movie that he's put Ben Affleck in that he's asked him to actually like do anything. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because the other ones, he just gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah, pretty much. He just is himself, and he's an asshole. It's still a comedy, but like it's like like an emotional drama comedy. Yeah. Um, and I was such a fan of Kevin Smith growing up that that like that movie was like just right up there for me. Okay. Always um, loved that movie. Oh, audience, by the way, if you guys want to tweet at us the, your rankings of Ben Affleck's top five movies at MA Podcast or get at us in the live chat, I do have it open today. I'm trying to look at it as much as I can. My number four is Dogma. 
Okay, so you went with another one of the... This is the fourth movie. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Love it. This is what I saw growing up. Yeah, yeah. You I know what it. I mean? Like, this was Ben Affleck to me growing up until I saw Good Will Hunting. I loved, I loved Dogma. Dogma was great. It's so good. And it was, like, it was overly quoted. Yeah. Right, but it was, like... Dogma and Austin Powers, yeah, like those were uh-huh. the type of movies that were getting quoted a lot in my like middle school days. Yeah, Dogma's great, uh, and he's very very good in it. Yeah, he's um, awesome. Yeah, it's super super funny. That the and thing. when they're just killing people is so great. Affleck and Damon, yeah, it's like so funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, of course they did those. Kevin Smith. Yeah, I, and like I love that. They, yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, so what's right. your number four? The town. The t- really? Yeah. You're gonna hate my two and three. <laughs> I, I do feel like pretty offended. The town's that low. Okay, all right. I'll, you know, I, mean, to each I, their own. I love the town, but like I, I love these movies ahead. I just like them more. I watch them more times. Uh, yeah. My number three is Gone Baby Gone. Okay, so you went with the direct. I left it off just yeah. because, even though even though I do respect the, the shit out of that movie, I I never had the urge to see it a second time. Yeah. Felt Totally understand that. Felt good, and I don't associate it as like You felt good at the end of that movie? <laughs> it doesn't feel like that movie's great because of Affleck, but it probably is. So. It is great because of him, whereas like I feel like my number two, or my yeah. number one, is not that great because of him. My two and my three and my one. Okay, so um, what's, your, what's your goddamn three? Armageddon. <laughs> fuck off, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. It's got, it, it's, it's great. It's got, Wait, if Armageddon's your number, th- what's your number two? Can we just can we, can we get there in a second? <laughs> anyway, please continue to to, to defend Explain Armageddon. Armageddon. Yes. All right. One one word for you. Michael freaking Bay. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Armageddon was a movie that like it's it's part of the late '90s Michael Bay generation. I I love it. It's <coughs> I mean it's got it's got the Aerosmith song. Yeah. Um, Don't want to miss a thing. Like it's got Liv Tyler. It's got Bruce Willis. It is the. It's like one of the most ultimate '90s movies. Oh, it's super '90s. Was it '90s? Was it 2000? Uh, I want to say it's or like '98. Yeah. Anyways, it is like one of the most '90s movies ever. Yeah, it's super, super, super '90s, and it's. I mean, everybody knows remembers Armageddon. Yeah. That's- 98, 98 okay. okay. You know, it had a number one single. Like, the, even the supporting characters. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Steve no, Buscemi. The whole cat, no, it's, it's a Wilson. classic. Isn't uh, William Finchner one of the guys? He is, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm like, for, there's like. I've, one seen, I've only seen Armageddon like twice. Okay, it's very entertaining. Yeah. The funniest thing to me is that Steve Buscemi seems like straight out of like this could be a sequel for his character from Con Air, and now he's just an army. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah. like Garland Green yeah. in space. His yeah. witness protection put him on a freaking <laughs> oil rig with Bruce Willis and. Yeah, I love it. Armageddon's classic. All right, what's your number three? My number three. I just did my number three. Oh, number gone. number okay. two is the town. Okay, so your number one is Goodwill. So then, absolutely. My number two is a little movie I like to call Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. So I'm a huge fan of Pearl Harbor. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I, remember, I remember buying the like deluxe four disc special edition at a secondhand record store like a few years after it came out, and like they knew it. It was like a DVD. It cost, you should like, be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> it was like forty five dollars new, and I think I paid like twenty two dollars for it. And I was like, I'm getting a steal. <laughs> this of is a deal. deal. Yeah. I mean, like, there's there. Okay, the thing about Pearl Harbor is there's an hour of action that's sweet. Don't. There's an hour of action this week. Alec Baldwin's in it. He's sweet. Uh, um, we can't kill the bear, Charles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> our lowest, like our least viewed episode we've ever done. Is The Edge. And arguably one of the most fun episodes we've ever done. One of my favorites. If you're watching this because you like this movie and you didn't watch our episode from The Edge, go watch The Edge and then go watch the episode. Yeah. Because it is as quotable as anything we've ever done. Um, I love Pearl Harbor and then I also went with Good Will Hunting as my number one. Because it's just one of the greatest. You guys uh, left out Fargo from both of your lists. Fargo? He's done Fargo. Affleck? 
You, do, you mean Argo? Ar- yeah, sorry, Argo. Yeah, yeah. not Fargo. Argo is really good. It's just like not memorable <laughs> to me in the same way. Like I just, I, again, I saw it in theaters. I do need to watch it again. I know that. Yeah. But I couldn't put it on my list. In in all honesty. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it enough. Whereas just, these all these other movies, I've seen them a few times. It least. wasn't even in my honorable mentions. My honorable mentions were Dogma, Mallrats, Jane Silent Love Strike Back, and then, of course, his speech in Boiler Room, which is lifted directly from the Glengarry Glen, Glen, Gary, Glen Ross speech. Uh, but it's a great speech. Yeah. Uh, and it's just 100% an homage to it. But, you know, that's still a, a reference. Right, right. All right, let's get into how this movie was made. We can kind of breeze through that. I feel like we've been talking a lot about this movie. It's so sweet. Yeah. I do love this movie so much. Okay, so... um. Let's talk about Ben. Might as well talk about Ben since we're still talking about him. Yeah. Uh, we won't talk too much more about him because we have been talking about him forever, but this was, you know, the second movie he directed. This yeah. was like when he, it was like, I didn't just get lucky with Gone Baby Gone. Right. I know what I'm doing. I can act. One of my favorite little trivia tidbits I was reading was that uh, Rebecca Hall, when they when he was directing her yeah. in the bank robbery scene, she couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. Because he'd like, he'd like, be doing robbery, and then he'd be like, all right, cut, cut, and you go and look at the thing and be like, all right, Rebecca, we need you to do And he still had the mask yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. just like, I can't, like, you yeah. need to take it off, like, help me out here, bro. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do now, man, like... Well, so unless anything changes, his next project is the solo Batman film. I, what I what I understood, what I had understood, is that he agreed to do Batman versus Superman if they gave him his own Batman movie that he could direct. And I also read a report the other day that he wrote a script for it. So he may be writing, directing, and starring in the next Batman movie. Do you have any idea what timeline this falls in? No, and that actually. The, <laughs> This is a giant complaint that we didn't even talk about in Batman vs Superman when after we left. Uh-huh. But like, there's that scene where he's talking. Don't to, spoil it. No, it's in the trailer. You okay. see him meeting the party right. in the trailer, and and like you know, like Clark Kent is very interested in in the Batman. That's like a thing that he's doing right at the, at the Daily Planet. He's mm-hmm. trying to write a story, and there's like a at one point there's a reference to like I've been stopping criminals for twenty years. But, like, why is Clark Kent, like, just meeting Batman now and, like, just investigating who he is now? Right. He's been in Gotham for 20 years. And Metropolis is, like, right over the river. How did that happen? I Like, it makes no sense to me at all. So I, And if you're going to have Batman play, Affleck play Batman, then he has to play older Batman, yeah, obviously. Yeah, because he's, he's 40. So it has to be the same timeline. So you, like, unless they just, like, he gets... Like surgery and takes right because the Justice League is coming out right away (laughs) as well or not right away but anyway okay so that's I don't know what's gonna happen there but I mean I'll see it I like Affleck and I liked his Batman a lot so that's definitely on my list yeah I'm excited I'm excited I mean if he's gonna write and direct one I think he'll do a great job yeah so now the the book that the town is based on Mm -hmm. uh, is written by what Graham King is that right uh no Chuck Hogan okay wrote uh, Prince of Thieves which apparently the four hour cut is like just like it it's just like it uh-huh. uh yeah and it is he's the same writer as as mystic river is that right or am i mix up i'm mixing up the gone baby gone trivia uh who are you talking about here so mystic river the writer of that story mm-hmm. wrote one of the two other stories and i was reading about both oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i see what you're saying it's i, I can't writer. remember exactly which one it was but yeah so chuck hogan he's inspired more than one of his films right um and then peter craig took over this writing project with ben affleck uh Adrian Lynn, yeah. I believe, was the original director, and um, Sheldon Turner was the original writer, hmm. and they just couldn't get it to what Warner Brothers wanted. So they brought in Ben Affleck, based off his success from Gone Baby Gone, and Ben Affleck brought in Aaron Stockard, who was a buddy of his growing up, a yeah. high school friend of his, to help him write this. And like Affleck wanted to do a film that he had done research on and was like, he lived it. Yeah. You know, like even though he grew up in Boston, he didn't know anything about Charlestown. So he wanted to do a film about where he grew up and like something he could research and like hang out with the people of his town. 
Yeah, Ham said when he was filming Charlestown <laughs> that he had like the best time. Everybody was just super nice. Like, right. Yeah, just like he was. He had nothing but nice things to say about both Boston and Charlestown. Which yeah, is it's funny. It sounded like they they love this movie. You know, like I'm again. It's it's Hollywood. You've yeah. got to over dramatize thing. There aren't three hundred robberies in Charlestown every year. No, there's like thirteen. Yeah, you know, there's a hundred plus in California. Yeah, and I think the next one was like Chicago. Right. But yeah, I mean, they 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 you got to hype it up. Right. Well, that's like Point Break is like. What does it say? It's like 1,376 cases of bank robbery last year alone. Right. And we stopped 1,100. <laughs> like, that's impossible. Those yeah. are impossible numbers. Um, but yeah, so uh, Peter Craig, this was his first movie that he'd ever written, which was pretty sweet. I mean, he'd written plays, he'd written novels, but yeah. this was the first movie he'd ever done. And then he's he worked on uh, Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. And now he's writing a little movie that you might be interested in. Top Gun 2. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think I saw that in the headlines and I was looking his name up earlier just because, but all the information on that is so loose yeah. that even if he is writing it, is it knows, even going to happen? Who knows if I'll ever see the script, you know what I mean? Um, Adrian Lin, Stephen, can you do me a quick favor? Can you look up and see if this is the same Adrian Lin that directed Nine and a Half Weeks <laughs> in the late 80s? All right, while he's doing that, I'm going to talk about our boy, Graham King and Basil Iwanyak. It's a good name. It's a good name. Basil Wanyak. Basil Wanyak. Uh, so Graham is a British film producer, and he is the president and CEO of Initial Entertainment Group and GK, GK Films, Okay. Um, which he is most known for, a little film called The Depart. Can yeah. we do The Departed on our show now? It's like it gets, it gets so dicey. It's getting close. It's a, it's a little too long, Yeah. I well, think. And also just like movies like The Departed, like you... There's not as many sweet action movie scenes in that either. The Departed is like it's like again we say derivative a lot. It's the same way, but it's like a little more unique than this movie. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it stands out. It's like more revolutionary. The editing in that movie, the tone of that movie is so unique, uh, and it was so impactful, which is obviously why it won Best Picture. That movie is so much more about relationships. Yeah, than this movie exactly. is. exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he did that, and then he he did the tourist. His films have grossed over one point two billion dollars. Yeah, he's pretty successful. His forty five <laughs> films, and some of the other ones. Oh, and two point five billion worldwide. So just double that real quick. Other movies that he's done, you may have heard of: uh, Traffic, Gangs of New York, Ali, The Aviator, Blood Diamond, Next, <laughs> <laughs> The Tourist, Our World War Z, and the new Tomb Raider, possibly starring Daisy Ridley, our girl. Yeah, I I, I think it's funny too. You can see the kind of movie that he likes to do. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah, exactly. I love I love those movies. Movies. Yeah, I love what he's chosen. They're big, like high-profile star vehicle kind of like either period pieces or like like crime drama. They've got that sort of like like gritty real. Yeah, there's just there's those movies that appeal to dudes. Yeah. Adrian uh, Lynn from Nine and a Half Weeks was going to helm the town. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. it is oh, the okay. same Adrian Lynn. It is yes, yeah, the same Adrian Lynn is unfaithful. And Fatal Attraction. That's like a really weird director for this movie. I'm glad that didn't happen. It would have been such a different vibe. I mean, his movies are like all about like nuanced art and right. sexuality and like this. And then is, to do the town would be yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, oh, so I'm going to talk about Basil here in a minute. But my friend who uh, works over at M Street yeah. Kitchen on Main Street yeah. says that Diane Lane's coming there a few times. Really? <laughs> you might want to go frequent. Believe it or not, when we were thinking about the recast on this, there was a minute where I was like, I, was I like, almost wanted to yeah. use her too. I was like, can I just do it just can to I piss Ben off? Use Diane Lane as Rebecca <laughs> Hall, but I was like, no, I can't do it every week. All right, so Basil, uh, I like his story because he got his start in a mailroom at UTA. Okay, yeah, that's how he did it. We just had, we literally just covered another movie two weeks ago. I think the writer, I think it was on Under Siege. Yeah, that one of the writers or producers on Under Siege had been a mailroom guy and worked his way up as well. Yeah, and it's um, awesome. Yeah. I love that. So his very first, uh, 
uh, movie he produced was K nineteen The Widowmaker, which was you know mildly successful, whatever. Just Directed like the by other Bigelow, yeah, just yeah. like the other movies he did uh, in the two thousands, which was Laws of Attraction, Firewall, and We Are Marshall. Hmm. But two thousand ten is when he really hit his stride. He did Clash of the Titans, The Expendables, and The Town all in one year. Huh. Second and third franchises, Expendables, John Wick films. And Sicario. He's like sort of like a very, like, I want to call him a poor man something. Right? He's like, his movies are all like, aside from... Like Shane Black. Yeah, even like The Town, which we've said is like awesome, but is not regarded as like a classic. So Mm -hmm. like, that would be like at the top of this list. But nothing else on this list is like, you know... Good. The only by dramatic, by yeah, dramatic standards. The only one is Sicario. Yeah, exactly. That movie was well, well received. But it's that's funny that his style of movie. They're all these sort of like liked but middle of the road critically yeah. movies. Uh, I think that's really interesting. Like K nineteen, The Widowmaker is like perfect for his career. Yeah, that sums K- up his career. Is that movie? That movie comes up in conversation for us during the show so much more yeah. often than you'd expect. Yeah, like, that and U five seven one. I feel like we should probably do K-19 at some point. We do need to do another submarine movie. Yeah. Because we only did Crimson Tide, and there hasn't been other good ones ever made other than those three. Hunt for Red October. Well, yeah, no, I, the, obviously that beforehand. That would be the one we would do, I think. Yeah. I would expect. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's the best submarine movie of all time. Yeah. Considered. Okay. Um, that's enough about that. Let's get into money. All right. How do you feel about like the money that this movie only cost $37 million to make? Yeah, it's definitely a strong, strong choice on the budget. Like That's, that's like... Thirty-seven million dollars is like less like looper territory, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, I mean the big sets, big explosions. Like, I guess I guess most of this was not shot on a soundstage. So yeah, it was on location a lot, and um, and then you got to remember, you got to think about where these guys were at in their career. All of them, all the leads: Lively, Hall, yeah. Ham, Renner, and Affleck. So Affleck is trying to redeem himself at this yeah, point. This right. is his first time being leading man again, and he's directing, and he's not going to take a huge paycheck for yep. that. Renner is coming off of Hurt Locker, which is one of those movies that it was awesome. Yeah. But Middle America, not a lot of people watch that movie, yeah, I'm right. sure. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a little too heavy, a little too too intense. Yeah. Um, you got Rebecca Hall. I don't really need to say much more about her yeah. because she's not really... She's someone, but she's, you know, she's B. She's a B-lister. Yeah, right. Like, Iron Man 3, right around the same time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, like, she, yeah, she pops up and stuff. But And then John Hamm is trying to make this crossover from being awesome on TV to being a leading man in film. I would almost think that Ham would be the guy who would demand the highest paycheck at that moment. Yeah, either Ham or Renner, I, I feel like, but yeah. probably Ham because he was on top of the world at the time. Yeah, big time. And like that, that, but that's still one of those things. Like, yeah, you want twenty million, but you're not anybody yet. We're going to give you five, yeah, fully. and maybe you can be in movies now. You know? Yeah. He and he never really made that transition. He didn't, or, which is so crazy because he's funny and he likes to make fun of himself, and he's incredibly good looking, and he's a great actor. Maybe he just hasn't yet. I don't know. He is. He is. I mean, he has a great role in Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, that's the thing is, yeah. he's so good at playing that guy. Yeah. And then he was in uh, those Lonely Island videos with yeah. Rihanna. It was hilarious. Yeah, he's funny. I yeah, mean, I, he, I could see it. Like, he just needs the right. John Hamm's going to be extremely successful. He needs the right role in a movie or the right TV show written for him. And he had yeah. well, he had the one show, and he might have another one. And I wouldn't be surprised if if John Hamm stars in another hit TV show at some no, point. No, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, thirty seven million dollars to make it. Opened in September of twenty ten. It grossed ninety two million domestically, and uh, I think it was sixty one million worldwide for a total of one hundred and fifty four million dollars. So very it, successful. It over quadrupled its budget. Yeah, this is one of those things where that most of the goodwill on this movie came from the casting, not from this is not this was not Affleck. This was like people were like, "Well, I'm willing. Yeah. I'm willing to see this, but the reason that I'm going to see this is because I'm really interested in Renner, mm-hmm. really interested in John Hamm. 
it's an easy subject to like. It's a big bank robbery crime thriller. And the marketing was yeah. really good on it. Yeah, the trailer was great. Yeah. Um, and it opened number one at $23 million, and it got a 7.6 from IMDb, which is, which is great. And it's got a 94, a 90, and an 85 from all top to audience, which is where that's where it goes against our grain a little bit, yeah. which it makes sense because this isn't our type of movie for the show. Yeah, it is, isn't that funny, right? The, the more dramatic we go, the less it's going to be the audience score is the highest one. Exactly. And yeah. it's perfect. I mean, it, it fits perfectly. Um, Renner was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars and the Golden Globes. Yeah. And uh, Pete Postwaite, Postwaite, I can never say his name. Post, yeah, Postwaite, I think. Uh, he was nominated for Best Supporting the Florist. As, for a BAFTA. Yeah. Yeah. And Which he's like, great. And I think this was his second to last film or his last film? It was his second to last second film. film uh, okay. The last one was called Killing Bono, okay. 2011. And yeah, he um, that one scene where he tells Affleck how his mom died, yeah. like where she actually went. Yeah, it's you talk to your father. Heartbreaking. And you kill a horse, you use a knife or chemicals. Yeah. I gave him the chemical way. And you're just like, Jesus. And yeah. You find it out. He's like, your daddy didn't have the heart to tell you you're walking around looking for, you know, like your dead yeah. mom. Yeah. Like, and, and the so best, evil. Yeah. And the yeah. best thing about that scene, and it's so crazy how these little accents make a scene so much more intense, is he says all that. And Affleck's taking it in, and the guard grabs the shotgun. Yeah. Because he's like, I'd fucking kill you if you said that about my mom. Right. You know, like, it's just like the, oh, that was kind of a fist pump for me, too. Yeah, agreed. I totally agree with you. That's almost, I was thinking earlier about favorite line, which we're going to get to in just a second here. That's almost my favorite line, is when he's he's talking about the chemical way, and he got her hooks in her good. It's just, like, so, like, hooks in her good. Oh, the writing's so dirty and grimy, and just, like, but it's so effective. Yeah, it's just heartless. And that's why, that's why at the end... That is such a sweet fist pump moment when he, yeah. he's like, hey, come here, and he kills him, and then he goes and kills the, the, the florist, because you're like, good. Yeah. Even more than John Hamm, the florist is the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, he is. It's funny, like, John Hamm's, like, not the bad guy. It's such a weird... He's, a, he's another Samuel Gerard out there. Yeah. But so is Renner, though. <laughs> yeah, Renner's more so. Yeah. Um, we got a couple reviews here. I'll read this one, because it's got a weird word in it. Uh, <laughs> Keith Uclick, this is a rotten review, says, there's more than a few things off in this tale of disillusioned professional thief. Affleck, dull in parentheses, his unlikely um, inamorate or uh, inamorate, okay, which is Hall wasted, which I guess he's saying they didn't utilize her well enough, and, and a determined FBI agent Ham solid out to apprehend him. Hmm. I, I don't think she was wasted at all. I, I think she this added is the dumbest written review I've ever right? seen. Like who uses parentheses? Because <laughs> there's only two negative ones. He uses parentheses in three times in their review. Yeah, Hall wasted, Affleck tired. Like what? Dull. Yeah, I don't know. I just I he just was want... fine. Hall was well used, and John Hamm was he also, was I mean yeah, he, was he was solid. solid but yeah. you really, you're going to talk about those. You're not even going to mention Renner. Renner, <laughs> and, and that that's why I pulled it is because when you find movies that are this highly rated and reviewed, yeah. you got to pull like these because this, this guy's a. He's an idiot. Yeah, he's in a bad mood. Clearly. Really. So, yeah, Lisa Kennedy from the Denver Post says, Ben Affleck's follow-up to this to his gritty directorial debut, Gone Baby Gone, proves the actor-director co-writer is here, baby, to stay. Um, and I picked that because yeah. that's exactly... This hit the nail in the coffin. This is like, I'm here. Well, Argo hit the nail in the fucking coffin. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, this movie hit the nail in the coffin where people like, Ben Affleck can make two good movies, and then right. it was like, Ben Affleck can also star in the movie and win Best Picture. Yeah, that's true. That's like... That's Un- huge. That's unreal stuff. Argo is the one which is Argo is the safest movie in the world in terms of like expectation in Hollywood. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of that's the kind of movie that wins best wins best picture where you're just like you're just sort of like really that's the movie that won best picture. Yeah. Like not like anything wrong with it, but just like it's so simple. That happens 
Yeah, it happens a lot. It's like when The Sting wins Best Picture. Or Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, you know, just simple, simple movies. Which Affleck was in, I think. He is, yeah. yeah. Um, So, uh, favorite line? Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, so we were. I was just alluding to it. I I think that might be my favorite line. Honestly, I mean, there's there's a couple that I like a lot. There's that one. I do really like that John Hamm line where he's like, "This is not fucking around." Yeah. Yeah. They got to know this is not fucking around. Thing goes both ways. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that line a lot. Um, And then the line from the fist pump moment, and we're gonna hurt some people. Who's got we taken? Yeah, those Uh, are both pretty awesome. Those are like all of mine. Like literally every single one of them are in there. But I did have one more that you didn't mention, which was. uh, when him and Rebecca Hall are hanging out for the first time, yeah, yeah. she's like, I'm sure I'd recognize her voices if I heard him again. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. It might be harder than you think. Yeah. It's one of those lines. It's just like, God, this is so good. It's just well-written in the yeah. scene and like the tension. Totally and it's believable. Good. Yeah. Because you always see that. You always wonder like when you when you read news reports and you, you're always like, why couldn't they identify the shooter? Yeah. Because you had an adrenaline rush? You were worried for your life? Whatever. I'd be fine. Yeah. But then you'd know. Yeah. You'd right. never. Yeah. Uh, I also like the when he goes into the florist office before the robbery and he's like I'm quitting yeah. and he's like you think you're the only fucking guy with a gun yeah, Which, yeah. yeah. my favorite thing is that uh, that line is then stolen like a year later in the movie Contraband the Mark Wahlberg movie oh really uh, when he's talking to Giovanni Ribisi you think you're the only guy with a gun uh, <laughs> and uh, incidentally that's who I decided to cast as my Affleck was Mark Wahlberg really yeah Oh wow! Yeah, so you just you just dropped that bomb right there. Yeah, well, just because we're getting to that's it anyway. Good, that's a good cast. Yeah, it's a really good cast. Yeah, like late '90s Wahlberg. Like he's the only problem that I would have there is that he's like not as believably. There's something just a little off with it, but like like it's 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 I for me with that it's is can Wahlberg pull off the Rebecca Hall scenes? Yeah. And like make up real unbelievable. Wahlberg like has been really good in things. Like Absolutely. I've seen him be awesome in things. So I have I have some faith. The question is at that point in his career, this was like the Planet of the Apes era, you know, like <laughs> the uh, the Truth About Charlie era, like yeah. uh, the the what was that movie? The Italian Job era. The movie's sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that. Movie. That's like that era that I'm talking okay, about. Okay, so. I like that. All right, we'll but, get there. We'll get there. But yeah, I just thought that would crack me up because when I saw it, I was like, why do I know that line? And then I remembered it, and it's like. <laughs> but he's also a Boston guy, so it works. Yeah, it totally works. So uh, our villain. So we did. We didn't do a hero ranking because um, I don't think Affleck ranks. I mean, he might. I was actually thinking about it when I was watching the end of the movie after yeah. I'd done this. I was like, I could probably put him in like my forties or something. But we're yeah. gonna do villains. We got villains, and even though we're not doing the florist, we're doing another Samuel Gerard. We both wanted Jeremy Renner to be on our villains list because he's a true anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah, he was a hard one for me to rank. Uh, he was a hard one for me to rank. I guess, do we do we have the list pulled already? Or do we, do we have it written uh, we down? We should, yeah, yeah. We, okay. I have it written down just in case I don't have it in the back. Um, so, Villains or heroes? Uh, villains. That's the Perfect. one right there. That's the one right there. So I have him at number 11. Okay. And uh, just behind Tommy Conlon, yep, and just ahead of Castor Troy as Sean Archer, <laughs> which is funny because I initially put him at like number five or something like that. Okay, yeah, but then I couldn't have him be in front of Tommy Conlon. No, and he's not a true bad guy, so yeah. I couldn't have him in front of a few things. I know I still have him in front of like the Queen Alien and stuff. Yeah, but it's just because this is my type of movie, and he's my boy. I love him. The, the reason he drops a little lower on my list is not because he doesn't turn in a great performance or he's not a badass, but it's because he doesn't feel that much like a villain to me. Yeah, he's not. So I don't really think of him as, in that way. And so it's, it was a little unfair to put him on the list, but if we're going to do it, I put him just ahead of Castro Troy as Sean Archer. That's funny. And just behind the Predator from Predator. But he also is behind Commodus uh, and even Drago and uh, Captain Frank uh, Ramsey. <laughs> God, 
God, I love Frank Ramsey. You really love Frank Ramsey. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love Frank Ramsey? Crimson yeah, Tide, he's, he's, he's pretty sweet. That uh, might be the sweetest submarine movie of all time. It might be. It could be. If we watch Hunt for Red October and find that it's just not as good. It's, it's a different type of sweet. Yeah. It's like a better movie. Well, maybe. Maybe. All right, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, uh, and then movie rankings, this is pretty drastic. This is like... This yeah. is this is a testament to exactly my type of movies and your type of movies. Sure, I have it at number five. So just behind Aliens and just ahead of The Last Samurai. I love The Last Samurai. Is your number six movie? It's really so That's sweet. fantastic. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, the Patriot is your number seven. Mad Max Fury Road. All right, so I put this a little lower for me. This was looks like it's number nineteen. Yep, you have it at nineteen. I'm just behind Tombstone. Uh, which, of course. Which is tough. I almost put it one ahead of Tombstone. Which is, I feel like if this movie was two hours and 50 minutes, yeah. it would have the same problem that Tombstone has. Okay. So, they, yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. And it's just one ahead of Speed. But I mean, it's ahead of Speed. It's ahead of Face Off, ahead of The Patriot, ahead of uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Like, it's, I put this movie high relative to the movies I like. I mean, we, we've done so many phenomenal movies on this show. It's very hard. It yeah. is. I mean, it's always going to put, you're always going to make someone unhappy. Right. Usually me. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so recast. Let's do our recast, and this is... We're going to go old, right? We're going to go back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so we, what we do now with the recast part of the show, guys, is we, we, we essentially look for... If it's if it's like a modern movie, you're going old. You go like between like eighty five and ninety eight, sort of. Mm-hmm. As far as like, so you can pull a guy from eighty nine. You can pull a guy from ninety six if you want. Uh, and we recast like the major roles. So in this case, we're going to be doing John Hamm, Rebecca Hall, Jeremy Renner, Ben Affleck. And I already threw out my my Wahlberg yeah. as, as my Affleck, which is the closest I could get. I didn't find anyone that I like more than that, and I think it works. Well, let's regress then. So I'll, I'll give you my Affleck, which okay. is I went Josh Brolin in the nineties. Which is weird because I never saw him do anything in the in 90s. In the 90s, yeah. Well, Goonies is like... It's like what, late 80s, right? 90 or something like that. Okay. Right? Like something like that. And then like, I don't really recall a Josh Brolin movie in the 90s. So, I, rem- I remember like early 2000s, I think, because he pops up in... He's in Milk and he's mm-hmm. in No Country for Old Men. He's so good in both of those. But that's about the second half of the 2000s. Exactly. So I'm talking like 10 years before that. Even though if he... he I know he was in stuff, but not in much. Yeah. I think that he is rugged and tough enough and yeah. he's smart enough to do to hit the notes that Ben Affleck does. I, you know what I wonder is young Brolin, I wonder if he was as effective. Because seasoned Brolin, like, like 40 so or, awesome. He is grizzled. Yeah. But I wonder if young Brolin would be able to pull like off Like too pretty or something. Or like, or like just, you know how like Sean Penn looked totally different when he grew up? Mm-hmm. You know, some of these actors, they just look different 10, 15 years later. And I just wonder if he would sort of physically look the same way. Yeah, I gotta look, I should have done a better job and looked up what movies he's in, but like, him as an actor and what he has to do and the charm and like, yeah, being yeah. a badass, I was like, Josh Brolin could definitely do that. Who'd you have as Renner? I like my Renner. Uh, I love my Renner. Yeah? Sean Penn. Sean Penn. I went I went 90s Sean Penn. So I went like... So he's like a Man, little older. Dead Man Walking. He's pretty young. Like, like he, Sean Penn like well, I mean, started... I guess Renner's in his... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Penn, like mid-90s, like Dead Man Walking era, mm-hmm. was like pretty young still. Like, and he was... That, it's like almost the same point in the career that... Yeah, the breakout point. Yeah. I mean, he's intense in the, ni- in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so I, I think he would be fantastic in this role. It's good. I like that. Yeah. I went with Brad Pitt because I okay. love watching Brad Pitt go crazy. Yeah. And, like, having to be contained enough. Yeah. And so, like, I want to see the end of uh, Seven crazy throughout the whole movie but more contained. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? 
I, I wonder if in the 90s he would have been able to pull it off. His The crazy role in the 90s that always gets referenced, obviously, is 12 Monkeys. Of course. And um, then, then Fight Club. Yeah, and he's really good in Fight Club. Brad Pitt, we've talked about this before. I think we disagree on the quality we of We do. We really do. I like. I think Brad Pitt's a great actor in the roles he's good in. I, I think, think he, he could be one of the greatest character actors of our generation. If if he'd been given a shot. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, to just like run. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. He's too, I, he's too goddamn pretty, pretty was yeah, his problem. Exactly. He's He would, like... He it would be I'd be hard pressed to believe who who was your uh African? Brolin. Like reversal. Brolin's like less handsome. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's like more believable to me as Renner and Pitt would be more believable as Affleck. As Affleck. Go that just okay. right. It's so tough. Like you need you know, Renner's like a good looking dude, but he's not like super handsome. No. He's, he's like, got he's like more rugged, he's more good. Someone in chat was like, he's kinda got a pug face, he's more rugged. He's like big ears. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Disgusting. So, what about your Rebecca Hall? It's, it's just, I hate it because of the whole thing, but I want Jolie. Oh, so you're just going the full, you're going the full, like, pretty, like, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. But she's good. She's a good actress. Like, this is, like, years, is. This is like a she few is. years after Girl Interrupted, yeah. I'm thinking. And, like, she could play that role of Rebecca Hall. Yeah. She could do it. It just sucks that they are so pretty and they got married. It kind yeah. of fucks my recast. But if they didn't, yeah, I think she'd be great at it. Yeah, that's who, fair. Who do you have? I went with 90s Winona Ryder. So like, uh, see, I just don't like her. Yeah, I like I. I'm thinking like the era, like the Crucible era, mm-hmm. like or, or maybe not like so after Edward Scissorhands, but like getting into that early '90s phase, early to mid '90s phase. Uh, I just was trying to think of an actress who was pretty, but a little bit fragile. Seems I, I had fragile. Jennifer Love Hewitt initially, but I, don't, oh. I just didn't think she had the chops no, for no, it. She does. Either. Yeah, the actresses that came to mind for me first were like, okay, what? Are you, Sandra Bullock. Like, I almost liked right. Sandra Bullock in the role. I was like, she's good in the Aniston 90s. Aniston in the nineties. Yeah, Aniston would have been interesting. She would have been cool. I don't think she had the chops yet, though. I feel like she's she got better as she got older. Yeah. Um, Reese Witherspoon, maybe a young Reese yeah, Witherspoon would have been good, like maybe. Her. Yeah, yeah, but I I like I like Winona Ryder. She she plays sort of frail and fragile well enough. Helena Bonham Carter, very pretty. Yes. <laughs> Who do you have? As Mr. Ham. This is my best recast. Yeah, okay. I, this is how I feel about mine as well. Kevin Costner. That's so funny because I thought about him. Yeah. That's good. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking prime, like early 90s like Costner. Like lean, mean, tough Costner. Yeah, like late 30s, early 40s yeah. kind of Costner where he's got, he's got, he's got the same kind of like really manly, a little bit cardboard, but uh-huh. extremely believable delivery that Ham has. But Costner's so lovable. You know what I mean? Like, there's something so lovable about yeah, Kevin Costner. He's like your dad, kind of. Whereas George Clooney yeah. has that thing you want to hit him in the face every now and then. Yeah. Which I feel like John Hamm is like, he's the greatest at that. Because he's so damn good looking, and he's such an asshole. He has to be kind of a sap, though. That's the problem. He has right. to be kind of a sap, because he loses. So you But he doesn't lose. Mm. I mean, he, he catches and kills everybody. I mean, Affleck gets away, yeah, that's what I mean. but he stops the crew, and he stops the robbery, half of it. Yeah. Kind I of. know. I mean, he's still, but he's the smartest. I mean, he knows to go to Blake Lively because he has the piece of paper. Go fuck yourself at the end. Yeah, it's so good. he gets. He like kind of loses. He gets, I mean, that's like the only little jab yeah. you to take at him. Yeah, Clooney's not good at losing. That's true. Yeah, Clooney doesn't lose. No, he's the smartest guy in the room has to be. So is Ham though. Yeah. The end. All right. All right. All Fair. right, guys. Whatever you guys think. Yeah. Hashtag Mastercaster at AMA Podcast. Let us know who you think did better, or if you did better, let's see yours. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't think we need to delve into Cage versus Cruise this week. No, it will we'll do that. Incorrect. I think there's three action movie categories, guys. There's totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, ridiculously legitimate. Ridiculous legit is the middle category. It is uh, movies like Face Off, or no, movies like The Rock, movies mm-hmm. like Point Break, Speed. They're kind of driven by drama, but they're a little bit absurd. You laugh unintentionally. They have some great performances. Um, that's the movies we look for on the show for the most part. Right. And on the other sides of it, you have totally legitimate and 
and uh, totally ridiculous, which I think are pretty self-explanatory. Absolutely. In context, for me, there's no question this is totally it's legit. Totally legit. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a question of how good of a totally legit movie is it. I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, it's really good. There's no parts where I'm like, all the comedy that's in the, the movie, I think you're supposed to laugh at, and they're very, very subtle. You're never yeah. laughing at any performances or any roles. I mean, Renner and Pete just yeah. kill it. Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's pretty much that's goes it. without saying. I think there's only one thing left, right? Yeah, I think that's called um, the pitch. And uh, what are we pitching? Let's just do. Let's just like I'm gonna pitch one. You're gonna pitch one. We haven't talked about it at all. Ever? Ever? A movie we've never pitched on the show? No, no, not that. The movie that dude. We just haven't talked about it beforehand. I already have one that I want to pitch. Is it? I know it exactly what it is. The hunted. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The hunted. (laughs) I want it to be on the show so badly. (laughs) Benicio Toro, Tommy Lee Jones. They are hunting each other in the woods. They fight with knives, for God's sakes. It's filled in Oregon, where I'm from. It is just one of the sweetest action movies. It's, it's like The Edge with knives. Like The Edge <laughs> with knives. And, uh, and, and, and Tommy Lee Jones is the bear. Creative liberty much? <laughs> um, it's just sweet, and it's totally, it fits our show. They're the smartest guys in the room. All right, he's black ops trained, man. Oh, gone rogue. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with mine. It's a little movie I like to call Gone in sixty seconds. Yes, this I knew is, you were gonna pitch Gone in sixty seconds. You just knew it. I do it. Gone in sixty seconds is a, it's a it's a seminal piece of both of our childhood. It's an absolute classic. Yeah. This is in my original pitch when I like very first before we even like put it on paper. The idea was that the golden age of action movies was 1981 to 2001, uh-huh. and I used this movie as the example of when the classic formula stopped working uh, and when it was over. And this movie is just it's full of dumb cliches. It's got great character actors. The villain is super cardboard. Yep. Nick Cage is just like in his fucking action movie prime, He's killing it. He's just like oh man, the, the humor in this movie is great. Raymond Kalitri. Like Raymond Kalitri. Giovanni Rabisi. Like, I just. I, Rabisi's good in it, too. I've seen this movie like 15 times, probably. Like, car stealing, big action scenes, explosions, stunts. It's like the Fast and the Furious at the same time as the first one, but just the much more likable version of the first movie. Yeah, like a real. More real, I guess. Yeah. Even though it's still. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. This movie's sweet. We're, we have to do it on the show. We've always wanted to do it on the show. So We will do both of these movies on the show eventually. The Hunted or Gone in 60 Seconds are our two options for next week, uh, and we are going to pitch them both on the Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at AMA Podcast, and, and let us know what you think we should do on the show next week. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. That does it, man. Hey, and go watch the Edge episode. Yeah. That movie is sweet, and so is the episode. Get it together, people. Get yeah. it together. Big shout out to the executive producer, Stephen Lemieux, for producing the show this week. Thank you, buddy. Celebrity producer this week. Oh, wait. I got one booth. more thing. I got one more thing. Well, yeah. Thanks to Stephen, our celebrity producer. And he's not feeling well, so send his, your, yeah, your send wishes his way. Steven. We hit 4 million views. Yeah, we just hit 4 we million just hit total. 4 million views. On the show. We've been doing the show for like... Almost Ooh, a like year. That. Almost a year. I think we'll be hit, we'll hit it. We took three weeks off during Christmas. Yeah. And this is episode forty-eight, six or yeah, forty-seven. I think forty-seven or forty-eight, yeah. which means that uh, we'll have been doing the show for a full year in just a few weeks. Um, it may, it might even be like the episode, the edge or the, 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 rock, the rock episode, episode might be, be a year, but that will be episode fifty. That's coming right up. And, and what uh, I what I also love is that we hit a million views right around Christmas time. One million, right? Really? Yeah. That would be crazy. I couldn't believe that if that was the case. Maybe. I believe so. You might be right. It's been five months. 
Yeah. Yeah. It might be right. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely insane. Like the the support and love and all that on the show has been amazing and we and we love to do it every week. So, uh thank you for everything that you guys have provided for us to keep doing this and talking about our favorite movies. Absolutely. And next week you'll get to decide what we're going to talk about again. Yeah, 100%. So, uh follow the Popcorn Talk, follow Ben Bateman Media, follow Andrew Guy. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 